Welcome to the Lesson Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Snelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munsrider and Maddie Hazlett to talk about radical acts of skate magazine love and Nike's new one, Seven Ball. For Quarter Snacks, Mike talked to a bunch of people who started magazines, so we're talking to Mike about what he wrote. It's a great piece, Mike. What, if anything, did these folks all have in common? These folks being the people who started magazines. Yeah, thanks, Templeton. Appreciate it. Um, I think it's like the 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 tie that binds all of them is that they have a vision of what they want to do in skating, and it's adding something to it. I think you know, in all these in all these instances, it's coming in the form of a magazine, and it's like uh, what Kevin Wilkins said in the piece about being on a session where it's this social activity, this social event, and you want to just like contribute to it and put your imprint on it. And I, I, I think that's basically the urge behind skating. It's like why we do this podcast on a weekly basis. You kind of want to put your imprint on things, have your voice heard, and you know contribute to it. Yeah, I, I when I was reading that, I was kind of thinking about the podcast and like blogs and whatever. And yeah, there's something in skating that makes you want to, or makes me want to participate, want to contribute. And I don't know, I don't know what that is. You know, it's like and. Maddie, like I know you're you're like planning events and stuff like that, so like you have that urge too. What do you think it is about skating? Like like is skating special in that way, or like are people who are really into basketball doing the same thing? No, I think I think I mean obviously like we all skateboard, so we kind of romanticize it maybe a little bit in our heads. But I think that skating is somewhat special in that capacity. Like you said, I recently did that event at the at Pulaski for Pride, and it was very like self self rewarding but also like community rewarding and i think that's similar to the podcast and to like putting out magazines and such it's like you want to both have your impact but then you also want to like have other people it's very community driven skating is like 80% hanging out with your friends and 20% or maybe 10% landing tricks and 10% just like whatever the rest of it is so it's like i think that like creating stuff and creating community is goes really really close and kind of hand in hand with kind of the culture that aligns with skating more than maybe the athletic side of it i think that and i think it's you know in the case of magazines i think it's borne out that if nobody does it it doesn't happen which sounds really kind of self like basic and simple but especially in skating you know where maybe now we've got these governing bodies that are actually kind of strange and foreign in my head like nothing happens unless skaters are doing it and I think that applies to, you know, this, your, you know, event at Pulaski and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, skating inherently is like DIY, right? We're like going out and creating spaces that traditionally aren't used to do that. If that's street skating, if that's actually even just creating obstacles. So like, I think skaters like to create. So it only makes sense that as humans, we find other outlets for that. And I think magazines and taking photos and writing about something we all love is like a very natural and organic step to take. So not surprising at all. Yeah, I think you're right that skating is just kind of inherently DIY. You know, like all all the big companies in skate, or maybe not all, but like a lot of the big companies in skating are skater made, like the magazines are like semi-skater made, you know, like Transworld and Thrasher are kind of like made by truck companies but still it's like it's more grassroots than like a sports illustrated or rolling stone or whatever maybe i don't know maybe i'm all wet on that like maybe people who started rolling stone just fucking love music i guess they'd have to be i don't know anyway uh um are you guys like 
print magazine consumers? Like, do you guys subscribe to Thrasher? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. I think I've admitted on here that I had a, I had a sub for a couple of years, and I have to admit I wouldn't read it that much. I'd flip through, and that subscri- that subscription has lapsed. So maybe that's why I couldn't get Michael Burnett for an interview. But I get other magazines. I get The Economist. I get Harper's. I get The New Yorker, and I get The New York Review of Books. I especially love that one because it's like extra extra fat to use a skate term to describe. <laughs> New York Review of Books, but it's on like it's on newsprint. It's it's like not newsprint paper necessarily, but it's newsprinty to use a very technical term from my newspaper background. But um, yeah, I'm a big print nerd. Not necessarily with you know the one monthly U.S. Skate magazine that we get, but yeah. What about you two? Um, yeah, I, we get Thrasher here and Skate John, which is for the folks who don't know, is like a East Coast philly centric uh mag and then outside of that little background i'm actually from print journalism i used to work in newspapers and then i worked for a wire agency for five years so i also kind of have that love of print so i get a couple other like popular science and just other non-skating type magazines and i really kind of have an affinity for the for print but besides that oh and and mess we 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 get mess too because that's like the coolest magazine in the entire world yeah, I've never seen a mess magazine. I, I really want to, but not. I, I don't want to enough to like make the effort to go buy one. Uh, and that's kind of like my whole experience with like skate print magazines now. Like I, I had, th- I had the Thrasher subscription, and then same as you, Mike. Like I just kind of like didn't look at it that much, and it was always like so much later than when it comes to the shops or when like all the photos end up online, and it just felt like old news by the time it got to me so i let that lapse but recently i've been thinking about resubscribing just as like a uh, kind of a donation or like to pay for all the other things that thrasher provides you know all the online content but yeah i'm like kind of just a digital first dude i I forget about print so easily you know like but i've got all my reminders and stuff on my computer on my phone that kind of thing i'm all about i don't know I, i i like the print experience just based on, I don't know, there's a New Yorker article that's all over Twitter and everybody's talking about it. Like if I could read it in the magazine, it's such a different different vibe than reading something on the phone. Reading on my phone is like lowest level experience of reading. Computer's somewhere in the middle. And then like if I can actually do it with the magazine, just because it, I don't know, it's much more focused. It's still more pleasant than it. And that's maybe showing my age and experience and all that. But yeah, I, I am not a DFD digital first dude <laughs> one thing i really liked about your article was your inclusion of kevin wilkins your and my former editor at the skateboard mag he was the editor there and at Transworld, but he's not currently making a magazine what what was your thought behind including him you know i thought at first like i was gonna the whole story idea didn't really start out like this it was kind of what do we want to do i mean sackman and i were talking about you know, what? what's new media in skateboarding? You know, who's doing TikToks? I, I can say Matt Price does some TikToks, but that's neither here nor there. It was, you know, it was really exploratory. So I just thought I'd get Kevin on the phone. Hadn't talked to him in a long time, for what it's worth. And, you know, maybe maybe uh, talk about how trip articles were assigned in the skateboard mag and get a lot more, like, 
what nitty gritty kind of details about making a magazine you know did you ever have to ban someone from the trans world office that sort of thing but we kind of got more into just like the the real ethos behind making magazines and why they're cool and why they do persist and how it's kind of i don't know i i think i said in the article i'm surprised that happily surprised that the stuff is still happening just based on i mean my own experience with the skateboard mag where 90 page issues were the norm at the end and i mean frankly i've worked for so many worked or done work for so many publications that are just gone now it's it's kind of ridiculous like that long tail experience yeah so i called him up just wanting to i don't know get not dirt on skate magazines but that was like part of the intent and then it ended up kind of going more in the direction that shows up in in the article and uh no i i I mean uh, you know we we both worked with kevin he was in the game for so long that i think i don't know if it's necessarily a shame that he's not necessarily out there because you know skateboarding changes all the time and that's one of the things that we talked about like it was like an hour and a half phone call but you know his perspective is unique and his brain works differently than mine and i think it's you know it's good to get the different perspectives which is yeah something that pops up in that in that article yeah i thought it was great he's kind of like served as a guide or like an outside observer yeah like a tour guide through skate magazines yeah it was kind of like a good device throughout the the article and just good to, to hear from kevin yeah one of these days we'll uh stop talking about just having him on here and make it happen yeah that would be great big claim give it a pod claim <laughs> okay have you guys ever wanted to make your own magazine maddie have you ever wanted to make your own magazine no, so like I said, I used to work in not the skate uh, print industry, but the the sports print industry. I worked for Sports Illustrated for a few years until they fired everyone because print journalism was not super viable. And then I worked for Getty Images in their editorial department for like five years. Um, so I've always been a part of the process, but not really doing anything besides just like taking the photos and sending them to the editor. So I think it's just like too much to do. And I've actually never shot a skate photo in my whole life, which is kind of interesting because I've been a full-time photographer for 11 years now. And maybe at some point I would totally be down to like shoot skate photos. But right now it's like so separate and so my like career and skating is like my outlet and how I like express myself that I don't really like them overlapping. So I've never really put any thought into actually starting anything or working in any capacity with that side of skating. I just like to skate do that kind of stuff. That's probably smart. I swear you get more and more interesting the more I learn about you. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I started working really young. I was really lucky. I started Sports Illustrated when I was 18. So um, yeah. had a lot of cool experiences in a short period of time. Crazy. What what were you shooting for SI? Uh, so I was based out of DZ at that point. Um, and we would shoot everything, like just uh, sports uh, live action stuff like go to Preakness for the horses or we go to the Washington football team to shoot their games or the Nats or the Orioles and then also we would do a lot of portraits like for cover shoots we shot Ovechkin we shot a bunch of uh, football players I don't know anything it was all like either pretty pretty heavily portrait work probably that was 80% and then 20% was like just your basic game coverage so if you're like flipping through the bag you would be like some dude jumping through the air doing some silly sports thing i'm not really into sports i just kind of happened into the sports side of it but yeah that's right 
when when you were shooting action did you like bring a skate eye to it like like a lot of times you know like a newspaper photographer will shoot skating and it's just like a guy in the sky and there's no like he came from here and he's gonna land here and like i don't know did you ever think of like oh i see skate photos that look like this i want to like bring that into this sports photography totally yeah i mean i think so when i was a kid i i loved magazines i was like super super into them and subscribed to thrasher and trans world and skateboard mag and all that stuff and so that was a lot of my early exposure to like what an editorial photo looked like so when i started shooting i was like doing a lot of like high action lit stuff because that's kind of what they do in skating like everything's pretty contrived and i think in sports journalism it's much more like a fleeting moment so um a lot of strobe work for like action stuff was a lot what i was doing when i was younger which i think was kind of heavily based in skating and also just like focusing on the environment i think so much of skate photography that i see that i like relate to isn't just about the trick it's like about the space and like maybe even like folks are surrounding it or like how they're interacting and how they're kind of like utilizing this environment versus just like oh that dude did a cool back lift down the handrail tight like those don't really do anything for me so finding that type of work elsewhere was kind of nice like I would say I was shooting like a horse racing at the Preakness or something I would maybe not go and just shoot the horses but I would like sneak into the locker room and shoot photos of them laying around and chilling and there's so many other sides to it I see we I think we see that sometimes more in skating than maybe we would traditionally in like a sports editorial space so you'd like go get like the jockeys just hanging out yeah I think that stuff's interesting I mean yeah I and that's also I think so much of skating that I love like I noticed this spoiler a little bit for what we're talking to next like I really like seeing all that b-roll and like the personalities and kind of what we were seeing maybe when I was a kid like with all the Baker stuff coming out I feel like you really started to see like more of the personalities behind it even if I wasn't like relating to them I thought it was interesting that it went from just like dude who can do cool skate trick to like dude who does other stuff and I think it's also kind of nice to like now it's happening in skateboarding like we're learning more of a holistic approach to like these these folks like someone like marby is like an incredible skateboarder a cool person and also does really cool art like i love these multifaceted people and i think that was something that i was really attracted to in my stories that i was doing years ago is like finding these athletes who are really good at something but then maybe they did some other shit or just how the whole process worked not just that one moment that you might see where they're like winning the race or scoring the touchdown yeah yeah that's right um do you have a portfolio website <laughs> I just don't see your photos. Yeah, it's just my name, Maddie. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That'll be linked in the show notes for sure. Uh, Mike, have you ever had uh, designs on starting your own skate magazine? I mean, it's it's weird. You know, I I came into the like got started writing. Period. Like, full. I started writing because I was doing the PlatinumSeagulls dot com like Twin City Skate Blog, and so I always had the website mentality of like I did that for. I don't know, it tailed off in the late 2015, 16, 17 when I was working for a newspaper. I was just like, I'm not coming home to write about skateboarding in my downtime. But no, I've never thought of starting a magazine or anything like that. I don't know if it's the the design or the organization or just like being a person who works better as a part 
of the uh, project as opposed to the leader of the project. But no, I, I don't. I don't think I I want to necessarily. I guess I haven't. I I guess it didn't cross my mind as a thing. Like I didn't have the Matt Price as he states in in the story. You know, the uh, Eureka moment that actually this is really easy. You just need to get five grand from some shoe company, and all of a sudden you can put something to print. Like, um, yeah, I I thought that was pretty funny. Like, all you have to do is get five thousand dollars from some brand. And then throw an art show and this and that. I'm like, dude, that's not easy. You know, Matt, Matt can do it because he knows all those people and he's like an awesome photographer and has like uh, plenty of juice. But I, I don't know what he described as so easy did not seem that easy to me. Yeah, I think I don't know. I I, kinda, I, I, I agree and I disagree. Disagree in the same way you do. But I mean, that money is out there. I think it's just it's wanting to get it enough. And I don't know, like. I'm such a terrible photographer, such a bad guy behind a video camera. Like I, I just, you know, I, I have opinions about this stuff, but when it comes to me actually trying to do it, I'm like, I can't quite do that. So maybe, maybe it's my, my personal limitations that, that hold me back. I don't know. Yeah. But a magazine is like a group effort, you know, like you can't, I mean, Matt kind of does it a lot on his own. He, he has somebody who lays out the magazine and got to have the skaters involved and stuff but uh, i don't know matt's a, a special genius I, it's silly I, I ran a newsroom i would you know i, I ran a community newspaper newsroom there was like <laughs> three newspapers under five titles i think that we were producing but yeah i've never i've never thought of doing a, a magazine website on the other hand i can do that oh yeah that, that's what i've always thought about like never never like a print magazine but like yeah i i would have loved to turn mostly skateboarding into like a legit website with like pages and articles and stuff like that but again like i didn't i don't know how to do that kind of stuff and i've always kind of been a one-man diy kind of mentality mm-hmm. um maddie i was wondering like the way you're talking about showing the multi you know multifacetedness of skaters and you also said mess is the best and i know it's like short on words but big on images and i think it shows like you know, skate. There's so much in that magazine. I got word that somewhere at Familia, some issues were at Familia, and I hadn't encountered it before, so I ran out and got it. Uh, just your thoughts on? I'm wondering your thoughts on Mess, Maddie. Just because, I mean, I feel like it. You know, we're the old skate dudes in the room, and you're the non-dude in the room, and I feel like that magazine is kind of geared towards well, big tent, but not necessarily. Now I'm in word soup. What's your thoughts on that magazine? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I mean, it's like a successor to Skate Witches. So I understand yeah. where that like idea would come from. And also I feel like it predominantly showcases uh, non-traditional skateboarders or allies um, to that space. So yeah, it's refreshing and nice. We, like I said, we get Thrasher and a lot of the times we skip like 80% of it. And we also say a lot that it would be really nice if they hired some non-dudes to work there so i think it would maybe give it a nice perspective i know they have one woman who's their music editor but i think that's pretty much it from my knowledge so that would be cool so it's nice that it's like non-dude run and showcases a lot of folks who i'm into and a lot of skating that like i can relate to and gives opportunity to maybe some folks who wouldn't have that space to exist in because a traditional media like thrasher would maybe not 
showcase them unless it's an ad. I think that's kind of where we're at right now with a lot of print media for skating is it's like the diversity and inclusion is coming through paid channels and it's mostly like deluxe paying for their ads <laughs> if we're being completely honest. Um, so every once in a while, there's some cool articles. Like they, I think they went on that NHS trip that Alex put together and, and we get super stoked when we see that, but having a whole magazine like mess, that's like really geared toward folks in our community is, is really cool. And then in terms of your question for how I like the photos versus like more photos, less words, I, I definitely like that. I mean, I'm a photographer, so I love imagery, but also I don't think that it needs to be these really in-depth pieces as much as it's sometimes just a nice way to showcase like what you've been doing and kind of allow the photos to kind of say some stuff. And I do like what they do. They have these like little snippets where it's just like random questions on top of two photos. I think that's really nice because it gives a little bit of that personality that I was talking about before. I think it's important in skating right now to not just be a skateboarder. Like you need to have a, there needs to be a person behind it. Um, so the little bit of words and the little bit of uh, writing that goes with it, I think it does go a long way. And it would be cool down the road if they ever did stuff that was more word heavy and more like about the articles. But there's so many other publications that are not so many, but other publications are doing that. I think it's nice that they kind of found their um, niche to kind of live in. Yeah, and I really need to check out some mass magazine. It's rad. I, I bet we could get our hands on some for you, Templeton. I mean... What, what's what's really exciting, I, I don't know, all the magazines that, like, all the people who are making magazines and their magazines that I talked to. So 2001, the Sam Muller mess with Jesse Venn and Shari White and then Kristen Ebeling and Closer, Jamie Owens. Like, all those magazines are so gorgeous. Just the paper's nice and the full bleed photos are great. Like, 2001 is gigantic. It's... Yeah, 11 by 14, that's fucking... It's it, it it might be not as tall as a New York review of books, but it's it's just like, oh, all of them. Maybe 2001 a little bit more just because it's so huge. You're like, oh, these are just dope. I don't know. There's something. It is that tactility, if that's a word, that Wilkins was talking about in the article where it's like, we're humans. We want our stuff. We want to touch it and look at it, or at least, you know, what's 30 and 40 something skaters do. I want another point. Darn it. Uh, my counterpoint. I do have a counterpoint, Maddie. I I'm I'm a wordy trans world ass skater in terms of like I feel like the trans world and then the skateboard mag carried on the lineage of like the brainy lots of text fields of text on pages skating skate magazines and I kind of I I I would disagree a little bit just in terms of like there's not enough of that and there's not enough of it in terms of like depth. Because you can talk about trips, you can talk about, you know, hijinks, fun times, skater to skater, but I don't know. I think there's there's room for, like, headier content to use a word that doesn't necessarily convey what I want it to mean. But, like, I don't know. There's I'm a big fan of Sam Corman, who I talked to uh, for the piece. He does Waxing the Curve, which is just, like, you know, incredible skateboard blogging. What a blogger that guy is. And, yeah, they're just, I don't know. There's, there's like, a lot of interesting stuff happening on the internet skateboard internet that i wish would sometimes make it into print and it does but it's not it doesn't get i i don't think it's like in the widely distributed stuff that gets into enough people's hands but does does that need to be in print you know like i'm kind of giving undue weight to you know the printed word like that uh, it doesn't get more you know it's not more valuable just because it's put to paper 
Yeah, I, I'm just thinking like back in the day, it's like the print magazine was the only way to get the information. And now there's, you know, there's online, there's social, there's print. And like you can put those long form articles online and then the, the print magazine is more for the visuals. I feel like yeah. maybe the Barracks Mag did some something like that, which where it's like, you know, you get like a short form interview and the, the full length interview was online with like, you know, some bonus photos or whatever. But I, I feel like that's kind of a good way to have both. And like, yeah. you know, the internet is so flexible. Like you can run a super long article and you don't have to worry about page count or like that. I don't know. I like this this thing I just wrote. I'd, I'd be so stoked not trying to end the show because we have a lot more to go. I'm not saying stoked to end the show. Be clear. Uh, I'd be so psyched to have that in print, like a good like six page layout, double spreads, you know, big headline and all that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still just like, I do love the design side of it. I did like very basic design stuff, making newspapers. And so that I, I, I geek out on how you can like make information flow across pages. And I just love the print stuff, I suppose is the, is the easy answer. Well, let's, let's, uh, close out this topic and, uh, talk about, um, what, like, are there articles that you wish would be in magazines or, I mean, fuck it, let's open it all the way up. Like what, what kind of articles do you want to see about skating? Like in print, online, wherever. Maddie, you got any, um, dream articles you want to see? Some dream articles. I mean, kind of like if I were to do get anything to happen, obviously I, I love mess, but I, I would love to see the the mainstream media kind of care more about that side. Like I said before, I think that a lot of what we see is like coming from advertising direction. So that would be cool. I'd love to see the non-traditional skate community get a little bit more love than just like the token article. And then in terms of just like what I think would be really cool could be, I feel like we get like a lot of exposure for folks specifically mostly younger men who are uh less known like there's like an up-and-comer but i feel like we don't have that in the other side of the community i think it would be cool to like have some of these magazines write about someone who i've never even heard of i feel like that doesn't happen too often i feel like i'm finding them through online media like be it social media or maybe some of the smaller blogs and then all i see in print is like the same 15 people over and over so i think it would be cool to see some stuff from some folks that aren't as established uh making their way into the mags it's like bring back checkouts from trans world yeah exactly that's a that is a great example i thought that was really cool so i i i want to see i feel like you could write someone who is very talented could write fantastic like newspaper sports section columns about you know on a monthly monthly news cycle you could easily drop a newspaper style column about skateboarding in and just the the range and someone who's good at that could make like fantastic work out of it i do think we could see more reported articles like dime glory challenge i know the the times did more of a photo essay a couple years back good good grief pre-covid so Maybe it wasn't pre-COVID. Nobody knows when anything happens anymore. But, you know, we got a photo essay about it. But, like, a reported, I don't know, a behind-the-scenes reported thing on, like, Dime Glory Challenge. That would be incredible. I think we could see more essays. I remember, like, Mark Gonzalez used to have 
Thrasher would give him a spread, and I, it was 1997, and I'm reading this weird-ass fiction story that Gons wrote. Yeah. And I think that, that shit's cool. I think, um, touched on it in the article, that there's a lot more leeway in terms of, like, what skater is skaters that's skaters apostrophe s interests are really broad and i think that it's not necessarily non-skate content if it isn't someone ollie in a fire hydrant or whatever if it's i don't know yeah we, we have so many like skate artists but we don't have any documentation of these people in their studios like there's just more ways to not skin a cat because it's weird but like to do what we've done for a long time but you can take notes from other journalism there's there's so many magaziney things that you can do that don't happen in our magazines and that's maybe even you know the new and the old where there's a lot of opportunities to do interesting stuff and it is exciting that there's people doing different things and um Yes, I do wish there was like a slap again, because that actually came up in the course of reporting this story where people were like, yeah, we kind of just wish there was like a slap, like a different, that different viewpoint, that kind of brainier viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I think also, you know, Transworld, TSM, Build, and I don't know, and then there's weird stuff like Color Magazine from Canada back in the day, and you open it up, and it's like, I've never heard of any of these people. I don't know. I, I, I did yeah, the working. regional magazines were always interesting. Well, never seen these people, never seen these spots before. You know, they're on DC, Canada or whatever. Um, exactly. Yeah, like it's like a full DC ad. Like it looks like, you know, a Danny Way ad or something, but it's like some dude with a French name. Uh, it's really uh, They haven't even made it easy for you. It's the hardcore Quebecois. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I think for me, like I, I want to see less structure. I feel like magazines always are like we have our feature we have our interview we have our like little columns and then like that's all we do but there's like not enough room in the magazines to just do like a weird random thing and that's kind of what i want to just like surprise it and i I think like a good source for that is just like whatever you think is cool in another magazine make the skate version of that you know like that's what this podcast is there was a podcast like this sleep political gab fest i was like there should be a skate version of that so that's how this podcast came to be and i don't know i, I feel like that's a good formula for anything like just make your version of that something you think is cool and it'll probably work out i i will go on record saying this is fully lifted from slate the format but i i think we've uh we've surpassed john dickerson david plotz and uh emily Bazelon in form function and achievement so there we go i praise wow uh, <laughs> coming from the inside the calls coming from inside your house but i mean that's uh shit i'm not gonna say it i don't want to end the show early but thanks uh, <laughs> you almost said you were stoked on that jeez man yeah i almost read it in the line thanks for talking about the article though yeah of course dude i, I love it like su- like super stoked to hear kevin wilkins voice again and yeah just interested in what motivates these people to do something that kind of what to me looks like a crazy endeavor like make a magazine in this kind of environment it's rare for me to watch a full length a second time these days but nike's newest offering from will miles had me watching again and again it's a good crew skating good spots to good music maddie did seven ball hit you the same way it hit me uh surprisingly to me yes it kind of did when it came out i saw it and i was like okay this is 35 minutes and i'm probably 
not going to be like that stoked on many of the people just based off like seeing the names. But I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to watch, I guess, Kyron, as I say his name, Kyron's part. Uh, he was the first part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is as cool. I can keep watching it. It slowly kind of built. And then when it got to the like Croatia section, I was like, okay, like I'm in this. This is pretty tight. And <clears throat> I think I've seen it four times now. And every time it's like I find something else, it's kind of giving me this like nostalgia for old skate videos where I would like watch it again and be like, oh shit, I didn't even like notice that trick the first time because there's so much stuff. And that was another thing I noticed is like, it was just like smack you in the face skateboarding. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. Here's a gajillion clips. They're all really rad. Try to do something with it. There was like no filler, very little B-roll, which kind of goes against what I said before, where I like to see more facets. But it, I think it worked really well for this video specifically, where it was just like, you're going to see really good skating nonstop by a bunch of guys. And I thought it was really good. I did think that potentially it's, a hard sell like it's is 35 minutes and it is 2023 like that's kind of a hard thing to get through so if it was 20 minutes long i think i would have actually liked it a little bit more i think it could have still been a long video but at some points i was like okay like i've seen every grind to mandy flip variation that all of these people can do like we can we can keep it moving a little bit but overall yeah i was really i was surprised that i enjoyed it as much as i did and how about you, Mike? I feel like you you had to be convinced to check this one out, right? I mean, I'm also balking, balking at 35-minute runtime. And I think I read on Twitter, someone was griping about the, the filming and put a clip on there. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is really confounding. I think they might have zeroed in on one of the, the, the more confounding clips in the video. I did attempt to watch it, and I was about eight minutes in. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do something else. And then I did buckle down after you convinced me, Tumble, that this would be a topic. And I watched it last night, and yeah, it does get rolling. Croatia does look really fun. And uh, who's who's our Finnish homie? My notes. Where are my notes? He too. I didn't read his last name down. We didn't write down his last name. Like he He came through with the goods at the end, I guess. I, I I enjoyed the video. I don't want to bag on it. Sometimes you get like the, the trips and the flows and you're kind of like, oh, everybody's skating the same spot and just kind of doing what they can do there. Sometimes I like to watch, I don't know, like Bobby Warrist in DC where he's not just getting what he can get. He's been there a thousand times and he's doing what he can do. If that line in the sand makes any sense. But uh, I, w- I, was, I was converted on this video. Let me say that. I enjoyed it. And yeah, E2, um, who else? Joseph Campos. I'm saying he's early zero. He would have been like right there with, uh, what's Wade? Who's Wade from early zero? Darn it. Wade Burkett? Yeah, Wade Burkett. I, I was like, I was going for the dunk and I put it off the, the back of the iron. It flew up in the air. But to me, he was giving like in bloom era Tony Trujillo. Yeah, I saw that too. The kids got hair. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I definitely liked the video. Like I said, like I, I watched it twice before we even knew it was going to be a topic, you know, just because I liked the video and there wasn't other stuff that I was that interested in. Like I, I thought the music was really good. Like I even Shazam the song from Chris Jones' part uh, and is Moine. I think that's how you say it. But I thought, yeah, throughout, I thought the music was pretty good. Not super like hit you on in the face, but just worked well with the skating. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I was vibing off the soundtrack in terms of like, oh yeah, this is weird and it's cool. But 
<laughs> I feel like I'm that dude on this topic. That dude. The the sound mixing seems strange to me. Am I the only one? I might just be the only like, one. Like too much song and not enough skate. Or like this yeah, the song was almost the song was almost too low. And then the skate was lower than that. And I'm kinda like, <laughs> what are we listening to right now? Interesting. Because it had a professional mix. I noticed that in the credits too, but it, did did any of that stand out to you, Maddie? Yeah, I noticed. I felt like it was. I guess the, we're kind of saying the same thing. I felt like it was like a lot of soundtrack, and in some parts, not as much like skate sound effect. But I also think that maybe I have like a different like uh, taste for that. I feel like I a lot of the skate videos that I've been to are like really like kind of VX East Coast videos where it's like all the sound of skating and like the the music is much quieter because you want to hear that like really good grind. So that's what I'm into. Whereas this one was very music forward, which I wasn't as as into. But I didn't think it was uh, like so bad that I was distracted. But I definitely did notice it. I feel like the the polar videos have truly spoiled me in terms of like the care and the attention put to. You know, it's not always skate audio forward, but rises and falls and shoot. I remember. My my former roommate Benji Meyer, who made a bunch of local Minneapolis videos, like the amount of time he would spend on the little waveform of the clip audio to like raise it during the trick, lower it a little during you know during the ride throughs, and mess with it if it didn't sound. I don't know. There's so much stuff you can do, and I think being aware of that has maybe made me too aware of it. No, completely. My uh, my friend Namdi who does a lot of the local DC videos here does a really good job of this. And it's like accentuating specific parts. So it like brings attention mm-hmm. to it. And I think that's a really like underutilized skill in the entirety of skate videos, but was like really prevalent. This just felt like they just like turned two dials until it sounded kind of okay and then hit export. And I don't think that's maybe what this level of skating and also like coming from a major company like nike i feel like it could have possibly had a little bit more love and attention to it i wonder if whoever did the mix doesn't skate and they they just had a different kind of interpretation of how it should sound you know they were just like this is like all balanced perfectly and you know we're like no we don't want to balance no we need more grind Um, so that that could (laughs) could be the issue it's like a saturday night live clip of you just like we need more grind yeah but I don't think you'd ever say it that way. So, banging a cowbell against a granite ledge. Ah. <laughs> uh, a, a, one more audio thing to get to. Uh, Ville Vester skates to Naked Raygun again, following uh, he skated to Treason in uh, the last Polar video, which people said was about Ville leaving Polar, treasonous against Polar, maybe. Uh, do, do you guys think that this Naked Raygun song was like a clap back or was there a message there or is it just be they like naked ray gun i think he looks good skating to that as you know looks good skating to sound but no it just works really well maybe there's a little bit of like continuity like oh wow this worked really well so we'll do it again yeah i'll echo that i think i don't know what went through their mind when they were doing it but i do i do think it fit really well with like kind of how the skating is and I don't know I thought it was I thought it was nice I actually thought it was a good music selection well now now I remember my other thoughts on it it's like I don't know that Naked Raygun and bands of that era are kind of like archetypical skate sound 
Mm-hmm. And what, whatever Vili Vester, incredible name, whatever he's doing on a skateboard is like oddly archetypical and earrings and black hair that strange and awesome. And yeah, just like that dude's whole vibe is really <laughs> coming up from the dark heart of the skateboarding or something. And so then those sounds that, that emanate from the same place seem to really work. Well, I, I like to think that there's some subliminal uh, stuff with the music selection. I'm here for the drama. What was the, I mean, was this, was the Snaked Ray Gun, I mean, did it have a highly loaded name, a la Treason? Uh, I don't think, I don't think so. I think uh, somebody on Slab said it was about like alcoholism or something, which isn't that interesting uh, for this story, I don't think. Unless he skates to intervention next time, I don't know. That's a bad joke. What else happened in the video? Uh, Max Palmer's sideburns happened. Uh, it made me think, like, has there ever been another pro skater with uh, prominent sideburns like that? Jason Lee-ish. Good point, yeah. But who? anybody else? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I feel like sideburns are kind of like an unexplored area for skateboarding. Maddie, who who had the best hair in this video? There's a lot of good hair. <laughs> That's a funny question. Um, oh my god, I actually have an answer, but I don't, I don't know if I know the guy's name. He was, I can find it. Um, he had the longer dreads and was like doing all the back tails. Is it? It was in the Chris Jones and Quran Gale section. I don't know if that's either of him, but whoever this yeah. person and it's dark complexion. He had the best hair, hands down. I was like, I was like looking at him, I was like, he looks really cool. He just like has a really good look to him. He looks really good on his board, has great hair. So definitely, sorry to whoever that is that I don't know your name, but you have awesome hair and keep ripping. Is that Karan Gale you're talking about? Maybe I'm trying Might to think be. if there was somebody else. It's labeled as just Chris Jones and Karan Gale. Karan Gale is awesome. Yeah. He did the fakey heel into the bank, switch heel down the 10 in Paris. Is that? Oh, yeah. I feel like Karan fucking ripped in this video. Like maybe had the most wow tricks to me. Yeah, he was a, a it is I just I just Google that is the that is the person I'm talking to. Yeah, I think he had some really standout tricks like that back tail he did on the the really long Philly step was was really, really cool. And I don't know, I just like for me is like the way he stood on his board and how he carried his shoulders and like small stuff like that. I think he like really thinks about how he approaches it. He's not just like I'm going to do this trick at this spot because I can do it. I think he really like curated and thought about what he wanted to do and let the spot kind of tell him what trick to do. And I don't know. I think he had the one of the most matured and like thought out selection, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And also, according to the credits, he's a team manager now. So doing double duty out there. Is he secretly like 36 or something? Man, probably. I don't know. I, I feel like the UK skaters get like put out to team manager pasture a lot earlier than the american counterparts you know like uh danny brady is tm now i think too and he's still like, not even ripping he's 35 according to the internet danny brady yeah i was gonna say he's like not even close to as old as i am so i don't know 35 there's... is tm age so an adult in the room yeah there there is a thing like chewy cannon i don't know he had this whole like quote unquote shadow career in the UK before, you know, coming to prominence Adidas then Palace in the US. And I think he's early forties if now I'm Googling a guy to figure out his age. That wouldn't surprise me. 
the problem is going to be is whether or not he's got the border profile. Oh, yep, he's got one. <laughs> Skintillating podcasting, Googling something. Nope, he's got one, but he's never been at one of their events. So the age is just a question mark, unfortunately. I would never lower myself to Googling Chewy Cannon age. So we're going to have to move on. <laughs> yep. If the border doesn't have it, then maybe we don't deserve to know. What do we think of the form of this video? I, I know people were talking about the, the heaviness of the long lens. I thought it was interesting that like it seemed to be color corrected. Not yeah, It sounds pejorative to say it was like kind of blown out throughout. I think that was just kind of like what the places they were skating looked like. But it was kind of, in my mind, it was kind of like a flat color texture, if that's a thing. But just on the look, what, what did you two think of it? Um, I thought it was okay. I think that it definitely pulled some inspiration from like the Supreme Bill kind of approach, which I feel like is now maybe not even fair to say that that's what that is because it's just so everywhere. But I didn't love the color grade. I thought it was a little contrived and maybe a little bit like forced. It didn't really like do justice to some of these spaces. It almost made it look like dreary. Um, so you thought you thought it was like they did do something to it. Oh, they definitely color. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have the eye that I don't. Yeah, I would say they definitely color graded, but I don't think it was also consistent across the board. I think like it worked well when they were in like a cloudy space because they went like kind of like this like, I don't know, bluish magenta direction. And then when it was sunny out, it just looked really weird and like almost like not rooted in reality, which again, I think is aligned with that like supreme look where they kind of just yeah. don't try to match anything in real space and just make it look kind of crazy to almost maybe just make it look crazy for the sake of doing it which i don't love but i think if you do something like this like you go in a creative direction i love that i want people to to change things i don't want to just see the same things over and over obviously but i also think that you need to have a reason and i maybe felt like for this specific example there wasn't a confounding reason why to they went in this in that direction. I thought the color looked good, and like I don't know, like I it didn't feel like the Supreme color grading to me because I, I feel like Supreme is like like crushed blacks and like high grain, and this this felt pretty like spot on to me. I mean, I, I wasn't like looking at it with that critical of an eye, I guess. So maybe I I feel like it was fine because I didn't notice it. You know what I mean? Like that's almost like the goal, I think in color grading is so you don't notice it you know it can elevate the skating but you're not like oh wow it's color grading was really good or really bad yeah i i feel like i noticed it and then it did make me think yeah in terms of like the supreme strobeck zone it just it, i it made me think that cherry really is the last defining video that has come out in terms of determining the form and feel of videos and every time I watch Cherry, I'm kind of surprised because it's not as long lens heavy as like the latter Strobeck Supreme videos would be. But it did define like the kind of open, yeah, open format video and lack of titles, all that. And it does strike me as interest. I, I don't know. I, I talked to Aaron Meza for a different quarter stack story maybe last year. And he made shoot what is that nike video called it's a verb but you know they didn't have titles in that 
and it and it it does it strikes me as interesting that Nike, this gigantic corporation, even though faces of pedestrians and brands are blurred out and that just just like bizarre in a skate video. Super weird. Yeah. It's still interesting that this gigantic brand that is all about, you know, ambassadors, maybe they don't call them ambassadors, but to to make the the skaters relatively anonymous unless you're, you know, moving around things on the YouTube timeline, like it, it's just an interesting form of promotion. Well, to me, the lack of titles, like uh, in, in that respect, it elevates the brand more. You know, it's like this Nike video instead of this uh, Jack O'Grady video starring Jack O'Grady or something. You know what I mean? Like it's more about Nike. You know, like Nike is the the name that you remember with this video. So like yeah. it might just be like a smart move for branding. Was Jack O'Grady wearing Kangle hat? And were they just making sure that Kangle can't figure out who Jack O'Grady is to put him on and start a shoe program? I mean, he might have like a, a deal that uh, prevents him from wearing some other branded hat. I know those. I, I mean, they look like, uh, I don't know. Kangle's Australian, I think. They should probably allow for that then, the local look. I didn't know that Kangle was Australian. It makes sense though. I think they are. Another very exciting Google moment. We'll have the answer to that in the show notes. Uh, Oh man, you're cutting me out. You're like, nope, not having it. Everybody will be stoked on uh, to find that out. Kangle is British. Oh, there we go. All right, not in the show notes then. Well, I'll be stoked to have one last thing to look up, which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? So uh, I'm definitely stoked on just uh, getting the story that we talked about in the first topic done, and I'm very appreciative and stoked on the help from all the sources who um, help me out, just getting on the phone, giving me their time, following up, all that. Very stoked on that. It's awesome. Also, st- well, also like stoked on finishing the story because going to, I'm going to Montana on Saturday for like a family trip. Gonna skate some controversial evergreen parks, I hope. Uh, maybe the Helena, Montana skate park where I fractured my wrist a couple years ago. I'm not doing that kickflip fakie again. Uh, also stoked on NBA free agency. It's uh, like people trick themselves into thinking that it's the best part of the year. Like the NBA playoffs were fantastic this year and they're fantastic most years, but it's still fun to do the drama. And then I am uh, stoked on skating the U- University of Minnesota Mall with my friends the other day. Hadn't been there in a little while. It's fantastic. And then uh, I set up new Thunder Trucks. For once, I'm stoked on Thunder Trucks. I'm always stoked on them. I like riding them, but I, I had to get new trucks. Broke my hanger the other day after having these things for like seven years, and I've survived it. Maddie, what are you stoked on this week? Yeah, new trucks are definitely the worst. I am, <laughs> just, yeah, I just started seeing a new pair like a month ago, so I'm right there with you. What do you I, skate? Ace. Oh, okay. Yeah. I used to skate Thunders and then really switched to Ace. What, what's the move? Why the move? Because um, they see trucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I like them. They turn really well and they grind the same. I don't know. I think I cared too much about trucks before and now I'm just like, they all do the same thing. I'll quit uh, interrupting you. Oh, no worries. Um, so yeah, I am stoked on a new board shape that I'm trying out. It has this big giant shovel nose, which I really like. It's like an 825, but the nose is for like an 85. It's humongous and I can like sit on my nose slides. So that's been really fun. Um, I am stoked on... 
the new cameras we have at my job. It's very rare that I'm soaked to something at work, but we finally went mirrorless and left behind the DSLR world. And I was really hesitant for a while because I don't like change, but I'm five shoots in and it's honestly a really, really nice change. And then I am stoked on skating with my girlfriend this weekend. We have a nice long holiday weekend and we're going to attempt to avoid all the tourists who come into DC on the 4th. What is a mirrorless camera? I don't even know how that works. Yeah. So instead of having the, like the shutter go up, it just turns the sensor on and off more similar, like how your phone would work. Yeah, like okay. a traditional camera has the um, the shutter that blocks the sensor, and for a certain amount of time, it's just all electronic. And you like look through uh, EVF, which is electronic viewfinder, just like you would on like a HVX or something like that. So it's just more electric and less mechanical, and it's definitely the future. But I was, I don't know, I've been working with the same system for like ten years, so I didn't really want to change. So what what cameras did you get? Uh, we got the Canon. R3, I think is what it is. And then the R5. We we shoot Canon pretty exclusively at where I work right now. Um, and they're they're fine. They're all full full frame and most of the stuff now, like we were saying, with print is all going online, so we don't have to worry about major files as much, which is nice. There you go. I'd be stoked to have one of those. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I am also stoked on a work thing. Uh, stoked on Adobe Premiere's ability to do transcriptions and then edit from those transcripts. A huge time saver. And I think for anybody out there who works with audio, like, you know, interviews or whatever, fucking game changer. And even if you're not doing video stuff, like bring in a Premiere and then you can export out that transcript. And it's, it's really, really good. It does a super good job unless you've got like some weird like brand words that, you know, aren't in the computer system, but uh, yeah, saved me a lot of time and hassles. So I'm stoked on that. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Maddie, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at Frontgrinds on both Twitter and Instagram. Mike, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle just like Maddie. Uh, my handle is at M Munzenrider. And for now, uh, find me, well, shoot, the top 10 is going to be up and other stuff's going to be up on Quarter Snacks. But if you want to read that article we talked about, it's on quartersnacks.com. Templeton, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, unfortunately, my handles don't match, but uh, Twitter is also oh, great. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram is mostly skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week.